Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Today, our special guest is Charmy Galang, and she is zooming in from beautiful Laval, Quebec. And she is a multifamily property investor in Quebec. And I think we're going to have a lot of fun talking about this because, you know, I'm Canadian myself. A lot of our mm. our guests and our, our listeners are Canadian. A lot of them are American as well. But there's a, a lot of curiosity and probably misconceptions about investing in Quebec. So Charmy, very nice to meet you. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Dave. Thank you so much for having me. My pleasure. So Charmy, let's start off. Why don't you tell folks a little bit about yourself and your real estate background? When did you start investing in real estate? Why did you start investing in real estate? How did that all come to be? Sure. So actually, I came from a banking background. I was in banking for 20 years. Really? Wow. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Recently retired myself. So I'm a full-time investor now. Congratulations. Um, when I started my career, I actually did mortgages, but I never invested myself. I really just gave mortgages to clients. And then with my career, I ended up in the financial market. So I retired doing stock market investing. Uh -huh. um, one of the main reasons I would say I started in real estate investment is... um. I lost two of my very close family members at a very young age. Um, mm. My dad passed away at 46. And a few years ago, my sister passed away at 42. Oh, my goodness. So um, it really hit home that uh, we don't have that much time. Um, you never know. We never know how much time we have, right? Yeah. And I didn't want to work until 65. I really want to enjoy life more. And I also had um, I, I have my two very young kids at that time, too. And um so I started looking, I'm like, I can't just be working until 65. I really want right. to figure out another way. And uh, I was actually uh, following some people and I saw this woman who was talking about real estate um, and she was teaching real estate in Quebec. And I'm like, you know, that's really interesting. I never looked at it in that perspective. So just, I still, just out of curiosity, who was it? Maybe I know them. Oh, uh, actually, I, I can't remember her name. Like, okay. this is like a few years ago. She's a woman and there's not that many women, actually. Yeah, that's why I'm that's why I'm thinking I'm trying to remember her name off. Did she write a book? Is she part of the, the big club in Montreal? Uh, no, she's not the part of the I know which club you're talking about because oh, yeah. I, I did a else. course there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Somebody else. Sorry. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, because I did a lot of actually real estate investing courses before I, I dove into real estate. And um, and that's what it started. And I said, you know what? I'm going to start investing in real estate. And um, fortunately, it went very well. And I reached out to my family because I'm very close to my family. And that's how I started uh, real estate investing as well. I I, you know, I said, you know, I'm taking all these courses. I think it's going to work very well. And uh, the advantage when your family loves you and they trust you is um, usually, you know, it'll go well. And um, so I was able to purchase uh, a few properties within uh, two years. And I always wanted multi-families. Mm. I just found it was, um, I would say, a less risky because um, I the smallest we have is three units and it goes to 12 units. Because, you know, if one of the tenant leaves, you still have at least the other units that are getting rented. Right, right. So Very, very interesting, Charmy. And yeah, so coming from a banking industry, being in the mortgage side of banking as well, yeah, definitely a very, very conservative business, that's for sure. Yes, yeah. So I can, I can understand a little bit about why it took you a while. It sounds like you're probably an analytical kind of person as well. Would that be fair? Are you a numbers person? Well, bacon. I mean, it helps. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, again, it, it's just kind of, it, it takes a while to get the guts up to, to pull the trigger. So congratulations mm -hmm. for doing that. And 
bringing your family on board. So you, you had mm. family investing with you right from day one? Yes. Nice. Yes. So when you say you've got family working with you, what, like how many people out of your family <laughs> have actually put money on the table and invested with you? Right. So actually, um, I have my brother, his wife, my my husband, and my brother-in-law. So okay. we're actually five. And um, yeah, we have two different companies. Plus, I've also invested with just my husband. So yeah, it depends on the deal and how much yes. is required. Okay, very cool. And are most of these investments, are they kind of like joint ventures? Or are you just basically borrowing the money to invest and and the property goes in your name or your company, or or how does that typically work? Just out of curiosity. Yeah. So the way we did it is was actually a corporation. So we're all shareholders. Mm. So we all we each have our own uh, ownership, and um, I'm pretty much really the working partner, and I also put money in the the in the business. So yeah. So we created an incorporation right away. I thought it was easier, and it yeah. was it was easier to follow as well. And you know, coming from banking, I, yeah, I, I like the structure. So. Yeah. So what I can see the big advantage to that, I guess one of the downfalls might be if you want to buy a property that the one or two of the people that are shareholders in the corporation don't want to buy, then mm -hmm. and how do you, how do you, and, and plus, I mean, how does everybody always be bringing money to the table to buy more properties or, or you just kind of, purchasing them, renovating them, refinancing and recycling the, the money over and over again. So we did both, honestly. Um, I was very, it's funny because a lot of people were saying that, you know, 2020 was the worst time to invest because a lot of people were multi, there's a lot of people bidding, but uh, it was easier to get financing because their interest rate were very, very low. Oh, yes. I think people forget that. It's all a numbers games in the financing, mm. right? So we're able to buy more properties a, a, a lot faster. And yeah, like I think like as soon as the numbers make sense, Dave, and that's what's nice when you're doing a multifamily, it's all in the numbers. So for them, as so, as long as it makes sense, it's profitable. They were all ready to invest. And um, I was very fortunate that I was able to refinance at least half of them within a year or two mm. um, because we renovated as well. <laughs> yeah. We did some, yeah, we did some work ourselves. And uh, by renovating, refinancing, we're able to buy more properties. So I, I love this conversation, Charmy, because um, you're probably the first person I've interviewed that has set things up this way with a family group, and you're kind of all in this. You're leading the charge. You're <laughs> you're the boss, so to speak. You're the one that you know. You're also you're putting your own money in there, but yes, kind of you're finding the deals, you're crunching the numbers, and basically they're just saying, "Hey, Charmy, <laughs> we'll we'll." we'll listen to you. So when you started that corporation, like, did everybody bring different amounts of money to the table? Or did you say, okay, hey, let's each put in, I don't know, 50 grand, 100 grand, whatever it is, and start with this big pool and, and go from there? How did that, how did that kind of progress? Yeah, so it was really like different uh, percentage. We went by percent. Um, my husband and I had the most, the, the biggest part of it. And it really, and that's why we opened a second company afterwards, because it, the, the, the percentage changed afterwards. Um, so really was whoever had this amount, uh, we will work the numbers out. Um, okay. Yeah, that's how I did it. Yeah, so did, did were, were people bringing, were some of your, like your in-laws bringing more money in after the fact? Did that kind of change over time or how does that work? Because it's, it's percentage 
you're mm-hmm. all shareholders in the corporation. That's it. How does that vary depending on if people bring in more money after the fact? How did how do you guys do that? So it hasn't changed at the percent. The way we did it is that every time we refinanced, I was able to give them back the percent and it would just buy more. Um, but I do see the the difference would be in the corporation, how I think there's a way to do it, Dave. Uh, you'll need your accountant to help you with that. Uh, and your lawyer sure. as well. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Unfortunately, that's what I would say, though. When you're incorporated, it is a lot more expensive, like the lawyer, the, the accountant. Uh, the annual filing fees and all the, yes. the, 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 the possibility of double taxation if you don't have it set up properly. But it definitely yes. does make things cleaner mm-hmm. and probably a lot easier for people to get in and out because they're buying and selling shares, not specific properties. That's it. Very, very cool. So you, you set up a second corporation just for you and your husband. Is that correct? Uh, no, actually the same uh, investors. It's just that our, our, our ownership were different. Oh, I see. Because um, they brought more money to the table or different amounts of money to the table. Second exactly. That's, and also the lawyer was saying at some point when it's a few million, you should open another corporation. So it was Got also it. for that safety factor. Liability type stuff. Yes. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. That's it. Interesting. So Charmy, what have been uh what have been any of the challenges, if you've had any, mm-hmm. working with close family members as your partners and, and especially your money partners? What have you had any issues around that? You know, I think in the beginning they were a bit harder on me because it was something very new. So I had yeah. to do the numbers a lot. And people say that's easier. Um, it depends. You know, I, I really crunched the numbers, made sure everything worked well. I had to really explain everything, how it went. So I I found the beginning was harder because mm. you're even though they're my family, I had to start to convince them it's a profitable venture we're doing. Right. It's not just me deciding, oh, let's buy a building and you know, it's good investment. So the, the, the beginning was very hard, I found, because I was really trying to prove myself, making sure that it was working out. And at the end, when they saw that, you know, it was good investments, we're able to refinance, we're able to get our money back and buy more building, it became easier at the end. Um, and honestly, at the end, it was too easy. And I'm like, really, you guys should be asking me <laughs> what we're buying. Because yeah. now they're like, I'll just give you my money now. I'm like, no, no, yeah. no, it doesn't work that way. <laughs> yeah, no, I can imagine. And I wonder if at the beginning, at the beginning, because you've got such a, you know, your whole professional career was in banking. <laughs> I wonder if unknowingly you might've been talking over their heads at the beginning, like, too much jargon, too many ROIs, NOIs, all these acronyms and stuff that you know inside out, but yes. the average person doesn't have a clue. Was was that an issue or a challenge? It was a challenge. And you know what I did? I made them do a course in real estate. Oh, my God. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's different when it's coming from me. You know, it's yeah. like, okay, I can explain it. But when it's a third person, sometimes they listen better. So they took like a full blown course or kind of just an introductory? It was just like an introductory, like a workshop. And I'm like, it's good to have it somebody else teaching you because I mean, I can teach you, but. They they won't believe you because they know you too well, right? (laughs) Yeah. It's kind of like, yeah, it's kind of like me talking with my wife sometimes. That's, you know, sometimes (laughs) it's worse when it's too close. They don't listen to you. (laughs) It is exactly. Interesting stuff, Charmy. So, okay. So you've got. Uh, I believe, do you have eight buildings at this point? Is that what you and, and your, your family group have? Yeah, for, in multi-families, we have eight, yes. So a total of like 40 doors, yes. 40 doors. Well, that's very, very good. And you, you accumulated that over a couple of years. Is that correct? 
Correct. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, hats off to you. That's, that's awesome. Now, how many of these are commercial residential versus residential properties? So, you know, mm. because of five units and above, I believe are, is considered commercial residential four units and below is, you know, residential and the qualifying for financing is, is quite different in those circumstances. So how is that played with you guys? So actually, I would say uh, four of them are in the residential side and uh, the other four are in the commercial. Okay. Um, but there's there's that gray zone that they've when it's commercial, but it's residential financing. It depends on the institution. OK, so <laughs> so up to how many units can it be that way? Um, actually, people will be surprised and up to six. There's some institution that will do up to six uh, residential financing. But what would be the, I guess, lower interest rates possibly, mm -hmm. but the qualification becomes more personal income based. So was that was that a challenge for you guys at any point? Well, at some point, like when we were at four, I could tell we were maxed out. So that's mm. what I, you know, that's, that's how I planned it, Dave. Because I could say uh, when you do residential, it is a lot um, easier in terms of the financing in the sense that your interest rates are lower. You're, you're, you have more room for negotiation as well. Okay. Um, so I maxed out that residential part before we went to commercial. Um, it. That's it. So it was really on top of my mind. Like, I'm going to do the easiest part, max that out and go commercial as, uh, after that. So well, easiest part for you, because you come from that background, 20 years <laughs> working in, in, in financing in the bank for mortgages. So yeah, you know, but I, you know, out. I only did one year in mortgages. The rest oh, is different. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, still, that's, that's pretty in-depth training. You know exactly what the bank's looking for and that's true. red flags and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> very, very cool, Charmy. So what, what have been some of the challenges in mm. your journey so far? I would say like, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a business and I knew it was a business coming in there. Um, but there's still a lot of moving parts, Dave. Um, and no matter how you well you prefer, uh, like you prepare for everything, there's, you know, there's always like one building or two that's really going to take your energy. Yeah. Um, I mean, one of my building, everything happened that building. I call it my university building because honestly, <laughs> uh, I mean, I did the numbers, but there were so many things. There was flooding. There was like a rats at some point. Uh, somebody died in that building. It wow. was the same building. I'm like, wow. <laughs> Hopefully that wasn't just a three unit. That was a little bit bigger one. Uh, it was six units. That's that's a lot to go wrong. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. yeah, so I mean, there's so many things you can prepare for, but it's still there's you know it's it's a building that you have to maintain with people that yeah. live in there. So are you doing all your own property management as well at this point? I uh, know I hired a property manager. Uh, okay. Once we were at around uh, twelve units. Uh, yeah, because that's another that thing altogether. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So I don't know if you've invested outside of Quebec yet or not, Charmy, but based mm. on your knowledge, what would you say are some of the the biggest differences between investing in Quebec and outside of Quebec? Mm. I actually have a property in Ontario, but I find Ontario and Quebec are very similar. So yeah. um, I would say like it depends on, on people, but Quebec is very different. Their laws are very different. Um, they do protect the tenants a lot more. Uh, so you even, need to, a lot you know, more than even Ontario, because Ontario is crazy. The the laws are so much in the favor of the tenants there. So it's up there. It's similar to that then. It's very similar to Ontario, I would say. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. yeah so you really need to know uh, how the system works. Um, there are some things though I find it's easier in Quebec. Like uh, as soon as a tenant is late, you can file <clears throat> um, uh, a file. You can file that they're late, so you can start the process right away. You can start the eviction process mm-hmm. as soon as they're late on their on their rent. Yeah, I get exactly. That's it. So, but you know, like it's still a very uh, tenant protected. Uh, it is cheaper though. I find in Quebec, uh, it's mm-hmm. getting more expensive. However, there's still a lot of places that there's good value. That's one thing I like as well. Um, if you don't mind the French, I mean, yeah. it's yeah. Uh, yeah. And there's well, I mean that of- that's another big thing that keeps a lot of English speaking Canadians away from investing yes. in Quebec is the language barrier, right? So for sure. Very cool. And then yeah. I don't know if it's true or not, but I've I've heard that actually in Quebec, a larger percentage of the population are renters versus homeowners. Is that true or is that just a yes, it different? is very true. And I can tell uh yes, I I don't know. It's I don't know if it's a cultural thing. Yeah. But it's it not necessarily they're not I think in the rest of Canada they're more uh, very proud of owning a home. In mm-hmm. Quebec, uh, there's a lot of people, they would re- rather just rent the rest of their life. So yeah. so you have a very I, big pool of uh, choice for tenants. <laughs> renters, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's so it. what are your what are your plans moving ahead, Charmy? What what are your goals for the next year or two with your real estate portfolio? So we're trying to be more in the bigger units. Um, and also like some of our properties, unfortunately, were in the variable rate that day. So mm. So the payments are a lot higher than what I was expecting. Um, so we're we're trying to then then all of us were expecting that that took yes. a yeah, yeah. Nobody expected uh, I don't know, was it seven uh, seven times they raised the rents in one year? Yeah. <laughs> the, exactly. the, the, rates, the rates that's, that's yeah. crazy. <laughs> so yeah, so we're really trying to see which building we can uh, sell and really focus more on the bigger units. And because um, some of them, are, I would say, is less profitable, so we're trying to so stabilize you're, you're it. Get rid of the the not so profitable properties, consolidate, try to keep your your costs as as reasonable as possible. Okay, so yeah. Now moving ahead, once you've done that, assuming that interest rates, you know, because because quite frankly, Charmy, we got spoiled. I know those crazy low interest rates and everybody thought, Hey, that's normal. That's the new normal. <laughs> no. no. In fact, I'm, uh, you know, I remember my mother was a real estate investor back mm. in the 1970s and eighties. Oh, wow. And she actually went bankrupt okay. through the early eighties because the interest rates went up to 18 and 19%. Yes. So we're complaining about six and 7% and these kind of things, which is huge. But imagine that 18. kind of situation. Yeah. It, and they had, you know, and, and some of the, and back in those days, some of the mortgages, they could call, call the mortgage, whether you're yes. up to date or not, they could just call it. So that's what sunk her. Um, wow. So based on, on your knowledge now, your experience now, what are you planning to do moving ahead with, with growing your portfolio? Well, now we're max on residential, so I actually don't have an option but to go commercial. Yeah, okay. <laughs> That's it. So we are going to go more, I would say, more commercial. Um, I've always been in long-term investing, but I'm actually looking at um, short-term rentals now, Dave, as another option to, you know, to to not always be in the long-term investing world. Um, I find the, the materials are getting very expensive. Um, there's just, a, a, I think that's the challenges now for a lot of um property owners is that um, just renovating 
the cost can really be hard to kind of really Justify. plan for. Exactly. Yeah. That's it. And it could really uh, make your numbers not work. So you want to get into some short-term rentals to increase the cash flow? Is is that what I'm understanding? So you're getting better bang for your buck? That's are, it. Are, you, are you thinking of turning some of your existing long-term rental units into short-term rentals? Unfortunately, they're not zoned for short-term rentals, but I am looking at midterm. Maybe it's an option depending yeah. on uh, if there's enough market for it. But yeah, it's very strict there. I, I don't know how it is in the rest of Canada, but you really need to be zoned for to be able to do short-term rental. Yeah, it's getting stricter and stricter everywhere. That's for sure. Mm. So if you are getting into short-term rentals, then you know, based on your knowledge, what do you think? Are those going to look more like single-family homes or what are they going to be? I'm actually looking at more outside of Canada. So oh. I, yeah, I know you had property. I know you live in Costa Rica, Dave. I did. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, I, yeah. did, I wasn't into real estate investing very much when I was there. So it was, okay. Yeah, I didn't get, I didn't get smart and buy a bunch of stuff while I was there, unfortunately. Is, uh, Costa Rica is so hot right now. It's uh, it's uh, there's so much interest in Costa Rica. I think it's because of the weather and the people. Um, so I'm actually looking at both, like having a short term rental and being able to live there. Well, I mean, vacation there at some point. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So, I'm, so, I, so just like one individual property. Like, yes, right like, now. Okay, yeah, I got it. Okay, but yes. as far as like your portfolio goes, I mean, that's mm. great, and that'll you get that going. It'll kind of self sustain itself, but that's not probably not going to generate a ton of excess cash flow. I could be wrong, but, uh, you know, just one unit. Mm -hmm. So are you planning to keep buying more multifamily properties in Quebec or not so much anymore? For now, like I said, we're stabilizing our properties. Uh, we're, we're seeing how it goes to markets. If there's a good deal, I'm always looking for, you know how we are. We're always looking. If there's a really good deal, then I will probably be interested in making an offer. Um, yeah. But right now, like I said, our main, my main priority really is to make sure everything is working very well, despite of the really crazy rate that we have in some of the buildings. So yeah. I want to make sure it's profitable. I want to make sure that, you know, I'm just, I just didn't buy a building and then just working. Yeah. Yeah, with just just speculating without any cash flow. Yeah, you want to get the fund. Make sure the fundamentals make sense. That's that's it. awesome, Charmy. And and moving ahead, are you planning to just keep working with your close family group, or are you going to start raising capital outside of that as well? I started looking into uh, working with other people. It's a very different ball game. Um, mm -hmm. So I am, I'm, I'm in the talks with some people. And then the one good thing though, is that once you already started building your portfolio, it's a lot easier to have that credibility already. Oh, definitely. Um, yeah. That's it. So I find it's easier now. I don't know if I would have done it in the beginning. I don't even know if I, even though I was in banking. <laughs> well, yeah, it's a little bit, it's a little bit difficult. A lot of people want to start raising capital from the very first deal, which you mm. did, <laughs> but with your, <laughs> your family members, very, very close family unit, but yes. bringing out, bring in outside uh, investors outside of that really tight sphere is a little bit more challenging if you don't have that. Mm. Track. Now that you've got the track record, now that you've got the proof of concept, now that you can point to the properties and what you've done, it'll make it much simpler for you to expand your reach out of just that tight family group. Yeah, I think so. And um, I still like Quebec as a market I know very well. I think yeah. it's something that's um, maybe some people are interested, but they're not really sure because of the language. But as long as you have somebody that lives in the, you know, the province knows how it works. I, I think I it's think a great that, investment. I think that's a really good 
thing for you to focus on because you're right. I mean, most people outside of Quebec are are very nervous about the idea of trying to do it mm. by themselves right. in Quebec. They would far rather partner with somebody who's actively doing it, knows their stuff. That's a much safer route to go. So I, I think that's a smart idea. Yeah, Excellent. definitely. For sure. And you need somebody who speaks French, unfortunately. So. You, well, no, fortunately, it just makes sense. Like <laughs> yeah. you, you want to you want to buy property in Costa Rica. It makes a lot of sense to have a Costa Rican contact who speaks Spanish. Spanish. Right? Yes. <laughs> when I lived there, I saw a lot of foreigners lose their shirts because yes. they they charged in and they figured out that, you know, they figured, hey, this is going to be just like doing doing business back in Canada. It's mm. not. No. The culture is different. The laws are different. The everything's very, very. The language is different. That's and if it. you just kind of assume that it should work the way it works back home, you're you're in for a world of pain. So no, I saw a number of people. It. I saw a number of people head back home with their tails between their legs over the years when I was down there. That's for sure. Yeah, and it's a different country uh, altogether. At least yeah. Quebec is still in Canada. So. <laughs> well we think it's on Canada. <laughs> for the for the time being, it still is. And, and yeah. Until until the Quebecois decide to split off and do their own thing. Uh, so Charmy, this has been a lot of fun. Thank you very much for joining me on the show. If people would like to connect with you, mm-hmm. and you had your number one way for people to connect with Charmy Galang, what would it be? I am on Instagram. Uh, it's usually the best way to connect. Uh, it's uh, Charmy. My handle is Charmy. That's C-H-A-R-M-I-E and A-N-D-C-I-E. C-I-E as in company in French, actually. So it's uh, Charmy and C. Nice. Very good. Charmy, thanks very much for being on the show. This has been a lot of fun. My pleasure, Dave. Thank you. All right, everybody. Take care. We'll talk to you on the next episode.